Hello children, it's Rupak in the future, talking to you from the past in your present. And it's been a long day. I woke up in a miserable mood. Uh, it's actually been a really chill week, nothing uh, particular. But I woke up and I realized I had a rather elaborate dream about an ex of mine. And it just threw me for a loop, you know. Uh, I don't particularly feel one way or the other, really, in my waking life. Uh, or at least I try not to about that whole situation, but... Yeah, it does kind of suck when, uh, your subconscious, I guess, throws these things at you. It almost feels like it, like a, like a weird test of, you know, where I might be at, or, I don't know, who knows, just maybe like a bad... What would you call that? Like, uh, I guess a mild nightmare, right? It's not crazy intense, but it's not, not unpleasant. Anyway, I haven't really, uh, I feel like I started working on this show like three days ago. And then, like always, when it comes down to the moment, I'm just doing it all, winging it, you know, as it comes, which is fine, uh, that has worked in a way so far, but still so much more that I wish I could incorporate ahead of time, I don't know, get my shit a little more together for this than you know, hitting record a few hours before posting. But, uh, that is how it is. That's how I work, you know. Feeling a lot better after, uh, my weird <laughs> Vax, uh, episode. I feel like, I, as I was recording that, I felt like I was talking really slow. And I, I couldn't do anything about it. <laughs> my... My fucking brain was all fucked up, like, uh, kind of like in Windows 10 when you open, uh, too many programs at the same time. Yeah, you know, for you kids out there, programs are what we used to call applications. Um, and actually, I remember when I was a kid, they weren't even called programs, they were called software. Isn't that crazy? Your computer was the hardware. And the programs were the software. And, uh... Hell, back when I was a kid, you know... You couldn't run more than one program at a time because... You know, that hardware... The hardware wasn't there yet. It couldn't 
couldn't quite handle it. But, uh... Anyway, yeah, I feel much better. Uh, that thing knocked me out the day after recording. I think I slept like 20 hours total. And then after that, I woke up fit as a fizzle. <laughs> fit as a fiddle. Uh, you know, went right back to... Right back to drinking my alcohol, you know? Give me back my alcohol. Give me back my alcohol. Give me back my alcohol. We all know that song. Uh, yeah, I've been watching a lot of HBO Max. Shout out to the homegirl Jessica for letting me use her account. Even though we don't work together anymore. Poor girl. You keep fighting that good fight. Back in the office. And I don't... Can't say I envy you, but... Hell, make your money, girl. Get paid. Anyway. Thanks to Jessica's HBO Max account, I've been able to watch HBO Max. Uh... For the last few months. And, uh... Rewatching one of the more recent seasons of, uh... South Park. And it's, uh... <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. That show, man, is just insane, you know? I remember when it came out, I was in middle school, I want to say. I think I was in sixth grade. Might have come out a little bit before that when I was in elementary, but I remember it like really taking off when I was in around sixth, seventh grade or so. Well, actually, no, yeah, it had to have been sixth because by seventh it was already like established as a thing. But, uh, man, if anybody would have told me as a kid, like, hey, you know, fucking 25 years later or some shit, like, that show will be. Still on, still so fucking funny, and possibly like one of the smarter fucking shows to ever fucking like. <sighs> Matt and Trey are fucking geniuses, dude. Like, it's crazy how quickly they can turn around an opinion on a thing going on in the world. And these motherfuckers are batting, like, a 99 out of 100, you know, they, they've rarely seemed to have been wrong on things, and then the things that they are wrong on, they acknowledged, uh, which, the only one I can think of is the, the whole climate change thing, right, with man, bear, pig, but, uh, I don't know exactly what recent season I was watching, but it's the one where Cartman... Oh, excuse me. It's the one where Cartman is going around uh, insisting that women are funny. <laughs> so he... <laughs> he keeps, like... <laughs> he asks Wendy to, like, go up and address the, the other students, and he's like, Go ahead, Wendy. <laughs> Go ahead, Wendy. Be funny. 
go. <laughs> and then he goes, say things like, my vagina. <laughs> and talk about how you're fat. <laughs> oh my god, dude, like. I remember when that was a thing, sort of. Uh, was it like Adam Carolla or somebody said that women aren't funny and it became a thing for a while back on the internet and it's something I probably would have never thought of but I don't know and I think that whole my vagina and the the whole that whole thing is kind of specifically aimed at like Amy Schumer, um, who I'm not a fan of. Um, not because she's unattractive or or anything. It's just she's not funny, you know. And uh, yeah, just I don't know. There's just some kind of, uh, I really identify with that sense of humor, you know, uh, but anyway, I was using that HBO app a couple weeks ago, um, hell, it might have been a month ago at this point, but I remember seeing this thing that I just annoyed the fucking hell out of me. There was, like, this category of, I guess, what would be, like, Latino movies or movies with Latino actors and, and or some shit like this, Hispanic culture. I don't know what the fuck the point was. And, uh, I remember getting really fucking annoyed because the, the category had this title. And the title was, I'm, I'm going to spell it out, it was... P A apostrophe L A N T E and I'm not fucking kidding. I remember reading that and thinking like what the fuck what the fuck does that mean? Palanti? Palanti? I didn't know what the fuck this stupid ass fucking HBO category was. And it took me a minute to realize like, oh, it's in Spanish, and it's saying palante. But first of all, that should be two words. It's para adelante. But it was a uh, abbreviated with an apostrophe into this portmanteau palante, and. Oh my fucking god, I remember in my head getting so fucking pissed because it's like <sighs> no one in my fucking family talks like that. And and there's nothing wrong with that if you do, but <sighs> that feels like some bullshit like wannabe pitbull type of slang, right? Like the whole dale thing or whatever the fuck he says. Which I couldn't care less for. But. All that aside. It just. It fucking annoys me. When. They 
when they put that shit on us, like, you know what? Like, I'm a Spanish speaker. I'm I'm a brown person. I'm Latino, whatever the fuck, however the fuck you're supposed to, uh, the correct way of representing that is nowadays. And, uh, I'm not like that. (laughs) You know, I fucking hate, I fucking hate, there's a show... There was some fucking stupid-ass show on Earwolf, uh, Earwolf Comedy Podcast Network, whatever the fuck that thing is, Earwolf, whatever it's called now, and, uh, I've been a long-time listener of Comedy Bang Bang. I love Comedy Bang Bang. It's, I still listen to it today, like, weekly. I listen to the new episodes, it's, uh something I really enjoy, you know, it's, uh, ever since I kind of discovered, or was introduced to alternative comedy, you know, when you find your thing, it's your thing, right, anyway, Earwolf was trying to, uh, I guess dip into the Latino market, and I remember they played this preview for this fucking stupid ass fucking show, and it was like, I think it was two chicks and two dudes, or a chick and three dudes, or some bullshit. Uh, of course, one of them was like almost overly effusive with his, he sounded gay. Like he was just so fucking lit up and so happy and joyful and, and oh my god, I rem- they literally said Dale, y'all. Dale, y'all. Like, what the fuck? Oh, this shit fucking annoys the hell out of me. Because, again, it just it's just not representative of who I am, who I think our people could be. You know, it's like, might as well go out there with a fucking sombrero and a burro and do the whole, oh, senor, you know, like, there's no fucking, something about that characterization just irritates the fucking living hell out of me. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm not the most, uh. Yeah, I don't know, it just, it's fine, you know, it's not, I'm not ashamed of my culture in any kind of way, um, in fact, I really enjoy and appreciate the things that are unique to my heritage, but, you know, our lives aren't, like, 24-7 fucking an episode of Sábado Gigante, you know, with fucking all all that fucking flash and noise and, you know, party, and and it's like, no, that's, I think of anything, that fucking podcast if I remember correctly, was also, like, sponsored by Corona, right? So it's like, 
yeah, cool. We do like to party, and 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 it is a big thing for us and, and our culture and all that. But I think also it's been long enough that we clearly know the fucking downside of it, right? And I'm sure there's plenty of fucking people out there who have either lost a family member directly or indirectly or, or a neighbor or whatever the hell it might be to like fucking alcohol alcoholism alcohol disease you know something something like that where it's like yeah cool we we come from this struggle of poverty and having nothing and trying to move beyond that and that's great and I think maybe that's some of the reason why I don't why I fucking hate that 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 cheery happy-go-lucky characterization of, of you know ugh that just fucking bothers me I don't even really know where I'm going anymore it's just I get hot and bothered like this, and then I don't know what the fuck I'm saying a moment later. But yeah. Palante, y'all. Dale. Fucking stupid shit. Anyway, I didn't really, um... I had a few... Not a few... I had a bass doodle in mind, but not a bass doodle. I had a song for the doodle in mind this week, but it wasn't something that really translated so well on the bass, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that the doodle up top was... Journey to the End of the East Bay. And that is by a little-known band called Rancid. And, uh... Yeah, that song in particular, I remember, like, back in high school, thinking... Like, man, when I was a kid, I really like, really fucking fell in love with, like, punk rock music, and something about, something about a drum set, a bass, and a guitar, and then, you know, someone shouting over that, <laughs> that really, 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 uh, It's like the the combination of those things makes something so much more bigger than the individual parts. And that always uh that always kind of blew my mind, you know. It feels like a feels like a magic trick, you know, like Fucking, uh... Oh, fuck. 
heard this song this week called um, Go by Blink-182. And... God, it's just like... As a punk song, it's such a good song. I don't know, I don't... The album... I heard a band... I heard a different band cover it. Not Blink. And holy shit, it's a powerful song. But then I went in and I heard Blink-182's version, and it's like, uh... It sounds a little too... It sounds really, uh... Kind of like corporate. Like... It sounds like a... Like it would have been... It's a good punk song that would have... It would have done it a lot of good to be recorded roughly and but unfortunately it's like this you know Blink-182 were huge when that album came out their fifth album or whatever the it's like 2002 2003 I don't remember and um so it almost feels like they like some fucking label executive or someone was like no we need to clean this up and it needs to be just it's like a high quality recording that ends up not doing the song justice because the fucking song doesn't want to be it's not a taylor fucking swift song you know it's not it's a it's a punk song you know for some reason when you clean it up like that like it's almost it almost sounds like it's played slower like if they played that song live, it's it's full-on fucking... I bet it doesn't reach two minutes. But on the album, it's like two and a half minutes. Because uh, it feels like kind of slowed down and cleaned up and... Done in this way so that it's very clear, you know, what's going on. And uh... But man, what a it's a sad song, you know. I think it's about... Uh, I think it's about Mark getting kicked out of a house or, or some place his, his family was staying and it's just fucking crazy how they got real good they got real good as like musicians together and then Tom lost his mind and then I'm sure they had all this like pressure from their label and you know some bullshit like A&R guy messing with their shit and you end up with this song that like I never listened to that album that it's on um that might be the album where that Miss You song is on there and, and ugh I don't know I mean, that stuff, you know, it's fine, I guess, looking back, but. I don't know, it's such, such a weird thing. There's something I was remembering. Um, the, uh. The black, black metal legend Fenriz. That's uh, F E N R I Z. 
He, in a documentary about the whole thing that happened with him and his boys back in Norway during the 90s and all that, it's funny how he talks about uh, there's a there's a scene where he talks about how uh, art um, paintings artists that would paint and, and uh, you know visual mediums and he talks about how these uh, southern Latin American artists when when they were going through all this difficulty. They made very colorful, very beautiful, uh, shiny, like, pretty art. Very positive, you know, kind of thing. And, uh, it was kind of relating it to growing up in, in Norway, and I think how... the kind of ease of life that he experienced is what drove him or motivated him to make very dark art, you know? And, you know, not to beat the whole, not to beat the dead horse of the Latino thing, but... I think that's kind of... I feel like we have to move on beyond that happy, bright, colored exterior as a culture because... Not because. I don't know what I'm saying. It's just... You know... I'm here... I grew up here in in Los Angeles and... I don't know. I can't say that I directly had, have had like a highly glamorous life or a super easy life or a life with no struggle or strife or anything, but, um, cause I've definitely have, you know, like I'm not, I'm not the most well off person in the room, but growing up through the 90s through the early 2000s it's like this after effect of the 80s right where it's like in the 80s like everyone fucking cashed in and and you know thanks to old Ronnie Riggs in his Reaganomics, uh, there was like a boom, you know, and then through the 90s, it was like, it's like it, it played out up until a point and even though I was a kid and even though, you know, I don't know, there's something about that. Like, right after the 80s happened, grunge grunge happened shortly after, right? 
And grunge music is, I think, still, like, just... Think of it like... Think of it like the modern blues, you know, where... There's... There was something happening as people were being left behind and marginalized, forgotten through that boom of the 80s that resulted in a kind of a collective disenchantment, disillusionment. And it's just funny how it, like, it it bleeds to the surface, right? But it's like with any... Oh, man. I recently heard about this thing about uh, familial denial, right? How within a family... I think it was in reference to Bernie Madoff. How, like, one of his sons killed himself, and people in his family didn't want to see what was happening, right? And it just refers to how, in any family, if something tragic happens, you know, like if a, if a daughter gets raped, or if a son ends up doing something horrible, like murdering someone, or something of the like, or just something along those lines how you know family members will it's not that they refuse to see it it's just like they can't they can't see it they something goes wrong you know because it's it's their own family and it's very hard sometimes I guess to accept those things so it feels like the the entire United States you know as grunge happened it's like there was a denial that it even was happening that's weird too you know I was a kid around that point and You know, Kurt... Kurt killed himself when I was in second grade. And I don't remember it because it's like I... You know, I didn't see like the MTV... You know, news flash or whatever. I didn't have cable at the time. It's just something that I ended up finding out. I guess through word of mouth, you know, after the fact, or... It was something that... uh, It's like it shifted the culture, you know? And... Especially with Kurt, it's like, oh... There's a... You know, Kurt, I think, kind of gets looked at as, like, the last, the last, like, true rock star, right? The last person that was able to speak 
for a generation. It's funny how after he passed away, I feel like really shortly after, like rap music became really big. The whole Tupac and Biggie thing happened and also kind of quietly like techno, techno music became a thing. Even though I feel like in a true sense of the word, techno music has been with us since the fucking 70s, you know, like music made with technology, not with uh, what you would consider a traditional instrument. But techno as a genre, right? The thing that, that in my head it's always, you know, it's at, I'm going to do some bad beatboxing, but that, that, that shit, the nonstop party beat. And, uh, that kind of crept up for a little bit, right? And then again, right before the end of the decade, all of a sudden, fucking new metal comes along. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of people shit on new metal. Uh, rightly. But. I feel like it's that. It was that same unhappiness that. Allowed for grunge. Right. Except now it was louder louder and heavier and more ridiculous and it's almost like a it's like grunge failed to make things better so they just got worse But then, <laughs> right as new metal is becoming a thing, the music gods gave us the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. And at the height, at the height of the music industry, they figured out that they could just take these old little mouseketeer children, these good looking little trained actors and actresses and singers and dancers, put a put a good songwriter behind them and just print money. And it worked. It worked until the internet. But even after that, I feel like it still works. Anyway, 
That was a long walk. Uh, I think all I just wanted to say is that Go by Blink-182 is underrated. And, you know, back in the day when I learned to play Journey to the End of the East Bay, that was definitely one of those songs that were... I think I half half learned it by ear. I hadn't I hadn't quite known how to use my ear yet. Um, but when I learned that, I remember feeling like, oh, I'm I'm not I'm not all that bad at this bass thing, you know. But, yeah, I don't know. Bass isn't all that hard to begin with. Sorry, all you bass players out there, but it's true. I think it's an easy instrument to... It's an easy instrument to underestimate. And a difficult instrument to master. And I haven't been practicing as much as I should. Man, I don't think I picked up my bass at all this week since last recording. I might just doodle away tonight. Doodle the night away. Oh, I think there's a... There is a new... There's a new trailer for the new Venom movie. And it has like this weird cover of one is the loneliest number. The trailer was cool. I've never seen the other one. I might check it out. I don't know. I don't like uh, children's movies. And for anyone out there who wants to argue with me about comic book movies, don't bother. (laughs) Again, I don't like uh, children's movies, so I don't give a shit what you say. They're children's movies um but yeah it had that some version of one is the loneliest number and it just made me think you know there's a lot of covers of that song I think the I think like the earliest popularized version was a cover Like, the original band that wrote the song never got famous off of it. Um, Band or person, I actually don't even remember the whole detail, but... Like most things, I think... 
the version that was made back in the 90s is really the best. Uh, and that would be the version recorded by the band Filter. I only know about it because I used to really like the X-Files. And when the movie came out, I never got to see the movie. Um, to this day, I don't think I've seen the X-Files movie. But I was able to get a copy of the soundtrack. And that song is on there by Filter. And it's a, it's a fucking sick song, dude. Like, <laughs> they, uh, oh my goodness, someone is stealing the fire hydrant outside. Oh well. Um, yeah, hell of a song, they play the hell out of it. The dude sings the shit out of it. And whatever this new version was sounded kind of blech. A little boring and melodramatic. I think it's like some guy with a deep voice and being like, he, and he's all like, or some bullshit. Trying to Johnny Cash it, or I don't know what the fuck. But, uh, yeah, it's out there. If you want to, you know, go check out that trailer and then just play the filter version underneath the, <laughs> underneath the shitty version that's on there. That probably, that'll probably work a lot better for you. but it sounds like the road is wet now. Which, uh, might have to do with that fire hydrant getting stolen. Anyway. I feel like I'm spinning my tires now. Don't really have, uh, don't know that I have much else to say. Yeah, it's weird. Ever since I started this, I feel like... It almost feels like I haven't started, if that makes any sense. Uh, like I'm still trying to get set up and all that, or... I don't know. Uh, this is the new microphone, by the way, that I think I mentioned, like, an episode ago, or two episodes ago. And I gotta admit, it's pretty damn sweet. 
Probably one of the nicer mics I own now. I did have an old condenser mic that isn't bad, but uh, to get a little technical, I think the other one was like a omnidirectional cardioid, whereas this one is a dynamic microphone. So, basically what I mean by that is the other one I felt like would pick up a lot of outside noise. Not that this one won't, but, you know, if something happened in the room next to me or something or just outside, it, like, would, it would pick it up pretty damn clearly. Whereas this one, the dynamic one, I feel it's a little more focused just on what you pointed at which is pretty pretty damn good in my opinion uh, right now when I go down to mix and do all that I'll find out exactly how much came through from around it but uh, I think even so far earlier in the day with uh, with a little bit of testing that I did on my own um, should be a lot better. Anyway, yeah, like I said, uh, I think I'm just spinning tires here. I'll go ahead and say goodbye. So like always, take care of yourself, children. God damn it, I had the fucking low cut filter off.